The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody, this is Jim Peterick of the Ides of March, formerly with Survivor and a 38 special thing. And you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Amanda. And I'm Justin Lemmy. We are the show that talks about computers, technology, and the internet. So we're all on group text. So, you know, somebody will send a text and all of us will get it. And then we'll respond. And usually we're pretty rude and obnoxious (laughs) to each other, which is good. Um, Just promotes a lot of fun. But uh, Justin Sims went out today. He says, you're not going to believe this. I have got huge news, something mm-hmm. big, and but we took, but he won't tell us. He just you know teasing us the whole time. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what is it? Yeah, you know, tell us. Drop it. Well, okay. So Monday morning, I I uh, I wake <laughs> up and I do my you know normal routine where I get down, I get a cup of coffee. Uh, I turn on the TV. Wait, the is this your floor. big news? You got a cup of coffee and woke up. Yes. Yes. I actually woke up to live another now day. Now he's going to go to the bathroom and all that yep. stuff. That's, Nana, don't spoil it. I'm sorry. No. no so I, I get up. I get a cup of coffee. I turn on my TV. Now, on my main floor of my house, now I have I have uh, three TVs, but we're not going to count the bedroom TV because this is a tiny one. We got the main floor TV, which is a eight-year-old uh, sharp 60-inch television. Uh, it's HD, you know, 1080p, all that stuff, not 4k or nothing like that, but just 1080p. It's a 60 inch TV. That's a good enough TV for my main floor. That's what we use mostly because we're mostly on that floor of the home in the basement. I have the theater TV, which is another 1080p, but it's, it's, it's not 4k, but it's a 70 inch TV. Anyway, I turn on the main floor, 60 inch television. I hear the audio uh, as I'm making a cup of coffee of the newscast going on, I turn around and I look and the screen is just flickering random colors. My first thought was, okay, they're having problems at the station. But then I'm like, wait, that doesn't seem right. So I change the channel and again, flickering colors, but I hear the audio. So I'm like, okay. So I unplug it, I plug it back in and I turn it back on and there's no picture, no audio, no picture, no menu, no, no, no response period from the TV. And I'm like, uh uh-oh. So you hear the audio fine, right? No, no. After I unplugged and plugged it back in, I got nothing. Like, just nothing. So I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this this TV, I think, just, uh, you know, went went to TV heaven, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I I obviously, I had to get to work. So I started working. I'm working from home now because of COVID and all that stuff. So I'm I'm working from home, but I'm also doing some research on some televisions. And, uh, you know, you can't. I'm looking initially to just go ahead and replace the, the the upstairs TV, and we don't have a theater upstairs. We don't have anything. It's just a regular old TV. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get like a cheap 1080p TV. It's hard to even find those anymore mm-hmm. because everything is 4K. Everything is 4K, and I'm like, I'm not gonna put a 4K TV on my main floor when I don't really need it up there. I would rather have it in my basement. So. What I did was I moved the 70-inch from the basement upstairs to the main floor, which is massive. Now that we're upstairs and watching it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big TV. When, it, when it's in a smaller room you, or on a yeah. – you notice it more, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, because my basement's a bigger viewing area. And so this is what I did for the basement. I'm going to send you guys a picture in chat right now. All right. Okay. I bought a Samsung 4K – Q80T uh, Ultra HD 4K television. It's uh, it's a 75 inch television. Wow! So I replaced the the downstairs 70 inch with a 75 inch television that is 4K. Like I said, it's 4K. It's got everything needed. Um, oh my goodness! You can this... you can heat your house with that. You know, it's funny that you say that. No, actually, this TV at 75 inches is weighs less than my 70-inch did and weighs less than the 60-inch did because the 60-inch was a lot thicker. It was a lot more metal in it. Um, And, yeah, so it's it's actually not that bad. So when I went to move the 70-inch upstairs, I was a little concerned about the mounting bracket, you know, but Mm -hmm. I looked it up online. It it supports up to 80-inch. I'm like, all right, I'm fine. But when I went to put the 75-inch downstairs on the old mounting bracket, I discovered that the mounting bracket that I had been using for the last five years 
was only rated for a 65-inch television. I was putting a 70-inch on it for five years. Yeah. I mean, that's not that big a difference, but still. Well, it's not that big of a difference, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to put a 75-inch on something. You know, even though it weighs less than the 70, I was like, I'm not going to do it. So then I had to go in. So first off, the TV... I, I did some research. I found out this is one of the best TVs out there right now. Now, which which one is it again? It's a Samsung Q80T 75-inch 4K Ultra HD. Wow. So um, they had one in stock at Best Buy. And this TV was retailing for $2,500. Wow. Which is still, now it sounds expensive. Yeah. But then when I'm looking at like the top end like 4K or even the, the, the 8K TVs that are out now, they're going for like $6,000. Yeah, I was just going to say, are there TVs out there that are like in that $5,000 range? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. This would be considered a mid-range, but based on the ratings of this television, everybody was saying it's... So, for instance, um, it's not an edge-lit LCD. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it is a QLED. So it's not a true... OLED, which is the the most uh, the deepest blacks. It uses organic light emitting diodes. Thus, you got a really crisp color for that. Yes, it's not quite that, but it is QLED, which is Samsung's version of OLED. It's not quite true OLED, but they do a little bit of mathematics and some science to kind of make it good. I'll tell you, the blacks on this are amazing. The quality is amazing, and. like I said, for $2,500, $2, then after taxes, you know, it's like $300 in taxes. So I'm already at $28 something hundred dollars. Right, and then so I have to go buy another mounting bracket. That's another $150. Which, uh, which uh, manufacturer on the mounting did you did you go for? Do you remember? Uh, Sanus. Sanus, yeah. Sanus yes. is like one of those that's been around for a long time. Yeah, and they're exclusive to Best Buy. Right. So, so the funny thing was, is you know, I, I told you guys a, a while back that we got recently the the American Express Platinum card. Oh yeah. And we have to get, we have to spend five thousand dollars in the first like three months in order to get like a bunch of like extra points. Wow. That well, it's seventy some thousand extra points that would actually be enough for me, Misa, and Eric to fly to Japan and back uh, for free. Now wait, so, you have to. So you use the card, right? And yeah. this is a good plug for American Express, which um, I must divulge. My daughter works for them. But if you, oh. if you, so you use a card, you don't have to pay it off in that short amount of time, right? No, I know they don't do. want yeah. you to. <laughs> no, 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 you do. Um, so the American, that's a, that's a common misnomer. I mean, well, oh. American Express does have credit cards. Right. And the Platinum can be a credit card, but it's designed to be a charge card. So they expect you to pay off the, 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 the balance at the end of the month. And if you do, obviously you get no interest rates, no oh. interest, no there interest. So. So, yeah, so we always pay our credit card off at the end of the month. So yeah. we're like, why not just get the American Platinum? Then we get all the perks, the benefits, all that stuff with it. So the first thing I did is I walk into Best Buy. guy in the home theater section is like, hi, sir, can I help you? And I'm like, do you take American Express? He's like, yes, we do. I'm like, let's do business. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. I want this TV right here. And he's like, well, good luck. We were good. You're, you're in luck. We got one more left. I'm like, load it up. Let's go. Because I'm on my lunch break. You know, yeah. from work. So I'm like, let's go. I got to get this home. You know, I borrowed my friend's truck. I put it in the back of the truck. We t- I took it home and uh, we got it set up that night. And I I, uh, I went to go to Netflix. I went to Netflix and I started looking at some stuff and I, I noticed nothing was showing up in 4K. Yeah, I was going like, to say, what about that? I'm like, what's going on? So my friend is sitting here with me and he's like, oh, he's doing some research. He's like, oh, yeah, you, you got to subscribe to the Ultra HD plan from Netflix for streaming. Yep. What? Uh, so what? I'm paying like, I think it's $12.99 a month for Netflix and I get the standard HD, you know, like not standard def, but standard HD. But for, was it $15.99 a month? So it's like three bucks more. You get Ultra HD. So I log into Netflix on my computer. I, I upgrade the plan. I log out of Netflix on the on the on the TV. I log back in. Bam! There's all the 4K content. How does uh, now for those that have never experienced 4K? Those oh. listening at home right now that are running, some are running, you know, just your regular, you know, 1080p or maybe even a 720p. Even 720, yeah. um, do you notice a difference, honestly? Because I had a friend that said he would never get 4K because he couldn't see the reason why. Can you tell the reason? Can you I, tell the difference? There, there is definitely an argument for and against 4K, 
and there are a few different videos that you find uh, that I found on. <laughs> now I know Sean. I know you're raising your hand. You're a videographer. Okay, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let you speak, but I'm going to say this first. Okay, I'm doing. I'm pulling a Kanye here. Okay, I'm going to let you speak, <laughs> but I'm going to say this first. I definitely notice a difference. Yeah. Now, when it when not not all the time. Okay, there is definitely certain situations where you're like, wait, is that 1080 or is that 4K? And there was a really cool video I watched on YouTube. The dude uploaded the video in 4K, but he shot different scenes of that video in 720, 1080p, and 4K. And oh, it was cool. very quick little shots, like two seconds here, two seconds there, two seconds there. And then after the board, he goes, could you tell the difference? He's like, could you tell the difference? And I'm like, oh, actually, a couple times I could because it looks so much crisper and cleaner. But when he came down to it and he analyzed the video and he told us each scene, I did this in 720, I did this in 1080, and I did this in 4K, the ones that I couldn't tell the difference between were the 7, or I'm sorry, the 1080 versus 4K. The 720, definitely big, big, big difference over 720. But you really have to have a big TV and you've got to have the right uh, angle, you got to have the right lighting, and you got to have the right room size in order to really get the most out of 4K. The thing is, is you got to understand with a 75 inch or any TV, when they say 75 inch, 80 inch, 60 inch, whatever, it is not vertical or mm -hmm. horizontal. Right. What they're measuring is diagonal because every right. TV is 16 by 9. So when you talk about the screen size, you are measuring from, from the bottom left to the top right or vice versa. Um, that's how you measure the size of a television screen. Now, we also said, though, that we would talk this week about home theater, which is good because here's something to consider. And I know, Sean, you're probably going to mention this as well. But when you buy a 75-inch TV, your room should be big enough to accommodate because if you're too close, your eyes are going to really hurt after a while Yeah, because sure. you're right up on it. Now, this Sean— is pretty much the law where, where I'm sitting with my room. This is b the biggest I think I could get without being ridiculous. Sean actually has a theater. <clears throat> yeah. So I measured the screen the other day. It's 126 inches. <laughs> wow. That's the projector screen size. <laughs> well, look at the big man on campus, <laughs> but it's a projector though, right? It, it is a projector. It's a BenQ 1080p HDR projector. So it'll do oh, 1080 Oh, this HDR. is HDR too. Yeah, yeah. HDR yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah. That's the big thing. It's yeah. not 4K. Yeah. It's so HDR. Is it, is that, and now I know what it, how it applies to photography, high dynamic range. Is it the same when it comes to yeah, a TV? It's, it's, yeah, it's just the same. It's just all, each pixel is, is, compre is compressed and encoded differently. It just at a much higher you know, color values and more data per pixel than normal. Sean, can you talk about the, 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 the now if you're looking at, uh, obviously there's not a lot of 4K content out there. A right. lot of it, like especially even over the air content uh, is, is 720. Can you talk about interpolation and how content is upscaled? Because you're going to hear a lot of that with 4K oh, yeah. televisions is upscaling. To blow your minds a little bit, all ESPN live content is 720p. Wait, the, on the sports well, it, stuff, I thought they used the highest ES, quality. ESPN so is 720p. So why would I buy a 4K TV? The math has gotten good enough to upscale 720 to 1080p without losing a ton of quality. Now, you're going to be able to tell a difference if I upscale something 720 to 1080 versus a 1080 source. You're going to see crisper details and lines and text and other things like that. You're going to see less aliasing around tight lines, things like that. But the, the, the quality of the encoding and the inter, interpolate, interpolation. So basically you take pixels one and two, they compare each other. They look at the two pixels and anything that has changed between the two pixels gets re-encoded. Oh, wow. And everything else stays the same. Also, with interpolation, they, they also do where you'll have an empty pixel and then it right. looks at the surrounding five pixels and determines right. the different color. And then it decides based on a mathematical algorithm, what color should I be? And that's that's another part of the interpolation uh, upscaling between 720 to 1080, 1080 to 4K or even just 720 to 4K. It's, it's a massive difference, but with 4K upscaling, I was reading about this, they're using three different interpolation techniques that put together give a very good quality image. However, it's not native 4K. So you will notice if you're watching native 4K or an upscaled 4K. 
Well, so for any of our listeners that are listening that uh, maybe need to upgrade from their 27-inch television um, and they don't have cable, uh, well, is, it, is it worth them going to a, to a 45 gonna, or 50-inch? I'm going to tell you right now, right now across the United States, uh, I don't know if you remember about a year and a half ago, two years ago, the FCC went through an entire license, uh, uh, you know, all the different uh, wavelengths of RF technology. They went through and people bought all these expired wavelengths and stuff. And a lot of the television, they call it repack. A lot of the television stations bought up unused frequencies. And because of that, they're going to have this new technology called ATSC-3, Advanced Let's see, hold on. Advanced Television Standards Committee is, is what its ATSC stands for, 3.0. What this means to local consumers is that starting hopefully within 2021, I mean, there's a couple cities out there that have it now, but starting in 2021 and widely used around 2022, you're going to get 4K native content over the air. So you don't need to have cable or satellite. You just All you have to have is that cable plugged into your television and you'll get native 4K content from your local TV stations. Oh, I like it. But the the math the math has gotten good enough to compress. And right now you're so you saw it when in 2007 mm-hmm. when they went from analog to digital. Oh yeah, I remember right? that. They went from they went from NTSC yep. to ATSC 1.0, and you saw multi channels at that point. Talk channels packed in the same like, frequency, but it was 22.1, mm-hmm. 22.2, yeah. and you yeah, saw the a lot sub of that. channels, yep. So what they basically are doing is that same space, the math has gotten so much better that they're able to just fit more data in the same amount of space. And now that they've bought these different frequency ranges and in the in, in the in the technology in those frequency ranges, they're able to do higher compressed 4K H265 over the air. Now, Amanda, let me ask you, do you have cable or satellite or do you use over the air? I just have like Hulu and stuff like that. I don't even so, have like. So if you want to watch like a local 8K ABC or, or you don't have that option, do you? I mean, I could use like a HD antenna, but I don't yeah. like we've tried it. But in our area, we would have to put it like inside the house in like a weird corner of the house and it would look too ugly. So I don't do that. So you're, <laughs> Amanda's in an area where they would get you would get it. You would be able to yeah. pick up. A lot of stuff with the antenna. Actually, actually, Amanda, let me let me let me tell you a hint here. Don't you know get get one of those like you know you don't don't get the paper thin antennas the ones that go in the window, but get the ones that are about about an inch thick, right? Oh, we but, have one. Yeah. Hold on, but before you do that, get yourself an RF amplifier and you put it right after the antenna, so that little oh. six foot cord that comes from the antenna. Don't plug that in your television. Plug it into an RF amplifier. And then from the amplifier to your TV, you will pick up every station around L.A. Now, with uh, an ATSC 3, would somebody have to buy new equipment? So if they've got a I converter, don't I don't you know, know, actually, I don't so think so. I, I, can only, I can only imagine that some of the older tuners would phase out. Yeah. Um, OK, yeah. But, but I would I would imagine most TVs with digital tuners and then would still be able to pick it up. I can't say but that. But the antenna, do you have to get a new antenna? I don't know about oh, that. No, no. It's all going to be so. the same shortwave. It's okay. going to be. It's the antennas shouldn't change. I'm wondering, okay. though, you know, we've heard a lot about um, some people holding on because they only want to get their local channels unless they go with, you know, the Hulu local and the, the YouTube local. Um, you know, they, they hold on to it. They hold on to cable. I'm, I love cable television. I, I get a lot of choices. Hallmark. Yeah, that too. And TLC. But I mean, <laughs> I, if if somebody but if somebody wants to change you know, and finally, this would be the point. They get over the air. They could say, well, I don't need cable now. I'll get yeah. cable just for the Internet. Is it going to be rough on the cable companies when this happens? It's already it has, rough. It has, it has been. been. Yeah. And, yeah. You're seeing, and you're seeing the big fight between DirecTV and Dish and your local channels because they don't – the local channels, like say, for example, I know that when I was with Tribune, they went through this, where yeah. Dish, Dish took them off. Yeah, yeah. They were off because the they wanted Dish. more money. You had Dish. Because Dish said, we want more money to retransmit your signal. Tribune at that time said, no, we're paying you a fair market price. But this is a tactic that all cable and satellite companies are doing, and they just do it on a rolling pattern. One year it's going to be the NBC stations. The next year it's going to be the CBS stations. Mm -hmm. The next year it's going to be the Fox stations. And they just keep doing it, and they just force 
basically force these the, these these local channels to pay more because they're losing subscribers at record rates because people are fed up with these cable and satellite companies have been doing to consumers for decades. Mm -hmm. They're fed yeah. up with it. And they're saying, fine, yeah. we're going to leave you. We're going to go and do our own thing. And the thing is, is a lot of people hang on to because, well, you get your internet bundled with these companies. But then now there's a lot like, like you come, come uh, CenturyLink. CenturyLink is available in Denver and other places too. They offer just straight up internet. You don't have to buy anything yeah. else from them. And a lot of people are doing that because they're just yep. tired of the cable and satellite companies. Give it 10 years, I don't think Comcast is going to be around anymore. Well, I don't know. They're a pretty big company. I mean, it's no, NBC, no. Universal. They they, I mean, they messed up a long time ago. See, because I like them. and I've been pretty happy with the service I get from them. So yeah. I get, it's expensive, Yeah, but I do pay the highest tier for the have internet ever, because of that. You, have you ever tried calling support? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah have. see, yeah. that's the thing. That's one of the biggest complaints everybody always has says is you try to call any uh, cable satellite company support, mostly cable, <clears throat> Comcast, um, or Cox or Spectrum. I think or it's going to vary though, depending on where you're at. Well, yeah, but 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 if you look at the, the online uh, articles about this, like Comcast was rated the worst company in America for like seven years in a row because their customer service just stinks and they just really don't care about the customer because it's a monopoly. They know they've got you, so why do they even care about you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that because again. I'm I'm pretty pleased with them. So, but You're about, the exception right, for for those though that uh, we talked about home theater. So for those that decide they want to get a screen, a 60 inch or a 70 or an 80, how do you determine the room? What should be the minimum room width? Now, now for Sean, Oof. you've got it. Almost looks like a bowling alley for where your theater is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the projector sits back about. I'm looking at it right now. It sits back about 15 feet. From the screen. Right. And, huh. you know, when I play games and stuff, I'm sitting about 10 to 15 feet back. Not yeah. right under the projector, but there is enough a, that I'm not completely in the screen. Right. Um, but, I, I don't know, it works for me. And, you know, I've got an Ankyo 5.1 system in there. I haven't run the surround sound speakers because I just haven't had the wanted to put the effort into running the cables to the drop ceiling for the speakers. But... There, uh, there is there is a rule of thumb when it comes to the distance. I just can't remember off the top of my head, but there is a rule of thumb in terms of how big of a TV versus how much distance it, it you know is. We said last week we were going to talk about home theaters because uh, you, Justin just bought himself a brand new Samsung. But the thing is, is this this TV is not it's it's not like an Android TV, which well, I, I love. Mean, it is a smart TV. I right. mean, it it is. It it, it runs all the. It's got all the apps. But it's not Android based, so it's actually Samsung Tizen, T I Z E N. That's their. I've never heard of that. Well, it's relatively new. It's about I think it's like 2016 was when they came out with, and they first did it on smartphones, uh, because they're trying to basically get rid of the Android license. They want to be able to have their own operating system. So they it's it's Linux based. Um, so I didn't know that until after I started looking for my apps, and I'm like, why can't I get my apps on there? Because I've got like a Japanese. Uh, TV service that my wife watches Japanese TV that is Android only um, and things like that I can't put on this TV so I really wanted to just put all my apps on the TV I can get Disney Plus Prime Amazon Prime Netflix YouTube all embedded you know, within the, Plex, the OS right with all embedded within yeah. the TV's OS oh that's cool and that which is nice because it's a one-stop place for me to get all of my content however not having the Japanese TV I have to keep my Amazon Fire TV as well because that is Android based and I can put the, the the Japanese TV on that. The one thing I did find was interesting and I heard about this is this so this is new to me was called something called HDMI ARC ARC which what is means ARC? audio return channel. So in this instance if I want to use the tele right now okay so uh, so let me give you a little backstory. I have like a Yamaha receiver that runs everything. So I have all of my inputs going into the receiver and then I just have one single output going into the TV. And so whatever I want to play Nintendo Switch or PS4 or watch Amazon Fire TV, it all gets done through the receiver and the TV just takes the video signal. That's it. But with this new smart TV the TV's doing everything. The TV's got all the apps. So the question is, how do I get the audio from the TV back into the receiver? 
because I'm just feeding the video to the TV. But if the TV is providing the video and the audio, how do I put that audio back in the receiver and out through my speakers? That's where HDMI ARC comes in, audio return channel. So when you're using ARC and it's a special uh, input on the receiver and on the TV, you'll see it says HDMI ARC. And if you utilize that interface, the TV will send the audio back into whatever receiver it is, and it will decode it oh, and, cool. and display, display, you know, 5.1, uh, Dolby Atmos, whatever. Technically, though, it's illegal from what I heard. What? Really? So Why? Because television manufacturers, I apparently, and I may be wrong, but from what I read, television manufacturers aren't licensed for Dolby Atmos. You know, Dolby uh, 5.1, Dolby Atmos. Atmos, DTS, Dolby Vision, but they're passing that signal through because it comes okay. from the provider, whoever is providing the content. They're just passing it through. And Dolby's like, yo, you need to be paying for this license if you're going to be passing our content. But it's not very much enforced. Right. So it's a hit or miss when it comes to ARC. Some manufacturers of televisions, it works. Some, it doesn't. Mine, thankfully, it does. Now, um, so you put it in your existing system that you have yes. as a home stereo. If, if somebody is thinking about... No, 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 not stereo. Theater. Theater, okay. There's a difference. Mm. All right. So if, Stereo's two channels. Theater's 5.1. So if... Or 7.1. Or 7.1. Or 9.1. So for our listeners who don't understand that, I want to kind of explain the home theater experience when it comes to audio. So you get this nice-looking screen... The problem is if you're some screens don't even come with audio. They don't have that capability. It's an output device that goes to again a, a it's receiver. Like a monitor. It's like yeah, a monitor. like a monitor. Yeah. So if they're they're having to buy a sound system, sound bars are pretty cool. I don't know if there's one that's better than the other. I know Bose makes them. There's a lot of manufacturers. What what like uh, for Sean who has the BenQ and he's got this. What system did you put in for your audio? I have an Onkyo. Uh, just an Onkyo Dolby surround 5.1 surround system. It's nothing, it's nothing fancy. It was like you had a super. When I went, I bought it at Best Buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I bought it. I bought it at Best Buy. They have their, you know, kind of. You have your low tier, which is like a really cheap Yamaha, and then you had a Onkyo, which is like a step up from the Yamaha, and then you had a better Yamaha version, and then you had your Polk, and then your Klipsch. Yeah. And you had, you know, up Macintosh and all that stuff. Um, so I bought the. Not the cheapest, but not the most expensive either. And I got a great deal on my Yamaha. Mm -hmm. I, I I happened to come across a neighbor. Uh, I posted on my uh, neighborhood Facebook page like, hey, anybody got a hookup for a receiver? And so it turned out that one of the neighbors actually worked for a Yamaha distributor. And he was like, yo, I'll, I'll get you this really, really nice Yamaha 7.1, you know, dual zone, all this extra bells and whistles that I really don't need. He's like, I'll sell it to you at cost. Nice. So I got I got a eight hundred dollar receiver for about four hundred dollars. Do you need to spend a lot of money to get the speakers and and all of this? You I'm don't need to, but you're gonna get the performance out of it. You're gonna get a benefit. Amanda, you watch a lot. You like The Mandalorian, which in you know, October thirtieth. And yep, in a few days, it's uh, so season two. Yeah. I got it in four K. Did you? Uh, is that streamed in four K on Disney Plus? It is. It's Ultra HD. Yeah. It is. Really? I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen it, so I don't. I don't know. I got to get Disney Plus. I haven't done that yet. But um, I, I'm, I'm. Did you guys hear the news? Not to stray too much today. So they've had so much success with the Mandalorian, uh, you know, a movie, a, a series that has spun off a movie, that it was announced uh, earlier this week that they are taking Willow. And Willow is being created as a series what? for Disney Plus. John Chu is going to be directing the first oh episodes my of that. Gosh. So Wait, that sounds what? so yeah. awesome. Willow, yeah. I haven't seen that in like twenty some years, but yeah. I remember I, it. I watched it on Disney. I think the other day. It yeah. was just like reliving your childhood all over. And oh now, my gosh. now it will be a series on Disney Plus. All I it, need, yeah. All I need from Disney Plus from now on at this point, besides Willow is the never-ending story to be put in 4K. The one with the dog kid flying a dog? It's not uh, a dog. His name is a Treyu. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a Treyu. Hello. The dog's name is Falcor. Yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Don't. I don't no. know. That scene, wow. that scene okay. with the horse dying, it, it still makes me cry. Really? I just like, the turtle is amazing. 
Yes. I, I'm going to have to go back and see it. I, Dude, I you got so much homework. We're never going to get you well, to no, watch Well, no, no, no. I actually... So, okay, so we, we got to talk about this, too. We get, Okay, so... But, but you but, did have before, an open question to Amanda. Yeah, I, know, I, right? I, I had... I, yeah, so my, my question is, I mean, you're watching, you know, a Mandalorian in, you know, this, this great-looking picture. What kind of sound system do you kind of complement that with? What worked for you? So we have a Bose, like it's an older Bose system that we had from a long time ago. We just have that in the loft because we have a gaming loft where all of our games and entertainment and all that stuff go on. But downstairs and just the main TV, we've got a Samsung. And I have the same issues that, that Justin does with the Samsung because I'm like, uh, you know, yeah. what am I going to put on it? What apps do I have? What apps don't I have? That kind of thing. Um, we just have a sound bar. We just use the Samsung, you know, sound, sound bar, and it works for that space. So some I think those, it just really depends on the space you have. Some of those sound, sound bars do actually sound pretty good. For anybody that, yeah. that is a little leery about it, but they want to have better sound in their home, and maybe they're not tech-savvy, I mean, is this one of those things where you would have somebody come out and install a TV and get mm. the, sound, the sound working the right way? I mean, if Possibly. you're not technically inclined, this, it, yeah. it, what's the skill level on something like this? Ooh, uh, out of a, so a one out of ten? Yeah. I'd say probably a seven. The shape of the room, the distance yeah. from the TV. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. so much. I mean, if you want it sound. to be perfect, yes, you're going to want somebody to come out and do it for you. However, if you just want to get something thrown together real quick, I mean, you could probably do it yourself. I mean, 5.1 surround sound, five means five audio channels, and the point one means a subwoofer. So you've got five audio channels and one subwoofer. Those five audio channels are center, which goes underneath or above your television. That provides most of the vocal audio. Then you've got your front left and front right. That provides the, the most front sounds. Um, and then you've got your rear left and your rear right. That provides the surround. Now, if you want to step up to like 7.1, that adds two more side speakers that gives you a little bit more of a spatial audio. But then if you really want to get technical, you can go with Dolby <laughs> Atmos, which then throws in ceiling speakers that point downwards mm -hmm. that gives you that full 360-degree experience. Now, that's probably where you're going to want to really bring in an expert to make sure think. I mean, guys, you've got the money to do Dolby Atmos. You've got the money to hire somebody to put it in. We've talked about yeah. uh, best movies to watch before. And I've always told you Black Hawk Down has some great sound design in that. It's won, it won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. um, I love watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with a 5.1 because, or even a 7.1. I, I had a 7.1 system. And it was great because you hear the horses run by and you could almost hear them moving from the back of the room to the front yeah. of the room. I mean, that's yeah. how much work is done. You don't notice it on a flat, you know, flat TV with just the sound coming out of that monitor. But once you see it in a theater experience, that's why we kind of miss the theaters right now. Right now, because yeah. you get that that full feeling of it. We don't realize it when we're sitting there, how that sound is traveling around the theater. But that's that's why they were so important to, to yeah. watch it a movie. There's one other thing I want to mention about surround sound. And I learned this. I actually worked at Best Buy when I was younger in my uh, high school days. And I worked in the home theater department. And somebody brought it up to my attention that, you know, look, when you buy a home theater system, you want to make sure to buy all of the same brand yes. speakers. Yes. Because, it, like, okay, for instance, you could be sitting at home right now like, well, I got a pair of bookshelf speakers. I'll just use those and I'll just add on a center channel and a couple surrounds and bam, I'm done. No. The, 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 the sound uh, difference between those speakers, and we actually did it where we set up a Yamaha center channel speaker paired with some Polk side channel speakers. And yes, I get it. Those are like high quality speakers all the end. But you could tell the difference when, we, when it showed a scene of like a semi driving across the screen. It sounded like a semi on the right side. And then when it got towards the center, it sounded more like a Puget. And then it went back to a semi again. <laughs> So there's a difference. You want to make a Peugeot, a yes. Peugeot. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm not French. Um, but yeah, so you, there's a difference in the quality of the speaker. So you want to match your speakers all the way around. That's some, uh, that's and, some good advice. And what you're looking for in that is the frequency response. So it, when mm. you, when you find a speaker that has, can do higher frequency, the way up there, higher frequencies, you may not even be able to hear depending on your age. 
to the low ones that give you the nice bassy feel. The more range they have, the better the sound quality is going to be overall because it's going to be able to replicate the sound truer to the actual frequencies in which it was recorded. Sure. Good idea. Now, do they have uh, TVs with the Alexa or the Home Assistant bundled into them so That's... you can have a change of channel? Does yours do that? Mine has the 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 well relatively unknown Samsung Bixby, which nobody uses. <laughs> uh, nobody uses that which at all. I disabled that. No. I, that was the first thing I did was I disabled that. Uh, but yeah. it does have Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, which I chose to use the Google Assistant. So you could change the channel just by saying... I can. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty I'm cool. I'm not going to do that right now, but I can. <laughs> if you go looking for Sean right now, uh, Sean is not on Facebook. And uh, he shared with us that uh, just so we wouldn't freak out because suddenly we couldn't see him. Uh, he shared, shared with us why. Sean, you just decided mm -hmm. that it was time to deactivate. Mm -hmm. So just over the last... All of 2020, really, it's just been an unpleasant experience on mm -hmm. social media. Yeah. And I found myself just reading through all the drivel and the garbage on Facebook and other hey, hold social on. Let media. Me look up the word and, I, and I just said, I can't take it anymore. It's, it's not just about political difference. It's just, it's just people are being terrible to each other. Oh, absolutely. And I just don't care for it. So I did some research, found out what would happen if I deactivated it. Talked to my wife about it, kind of talked to some other people about it. Thought The main reason why I'm okay with deactivating it is because even though I've deactivated my Facebook, it doesn't go away. I don't lose all my data. Everything stays there. I'm just not viewable. It's just not basically like just pulling the shades down on my Facebook page. You can't see in. I can still use Facebook Messenger. Oh, well, really? that's kind of weird. I didn't know that. No, because Facebook Messenger is independent from Facebook. Okay. Now, but if you log you in can, to Facebook, though, will it reactivate your account? Yes. If I try to log in back into Facebook now, it will try. It'll say, do you wish to reactivate your Facebook? Okay. And to be able to do anything or see anything, I have to reactivate it. Why would you want to? I don't know the answer to that. Over a week ago. So even before we did our last show, I deleted Facebook from everything I own. I, it wasn't one thing that ma triggered me to do it. It wasn't one thing that made me decide I'm getting rid of it. It was just the overall state of the world on social media across all platforms. It's not just Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. TikTok, Reddit, you name it. When you don't pay for something, you are the product. Absolutely. And the product is all the data they've mined off me and they're serving me all these ads and they're learning about me. They're learning my habits. They're learning the <laughs> algorithms. And, all this well, it's, and it's, it's scary. It's not only so, that. It's they're 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 using that data against you. I mean, yeah. they're they're they 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 want you to stay engaged with oh, yeah. the platform. So they found through scientific research that people are more likely to stay engaged with something that they disagree with than right. things that they agree with. If you wow. agree with something, you're be like, yeah, yeah, I agree with it. I'm just gonna scroll on. If you disagree, you're more likely to go into the comment section and start posting, ah, you stupid, I hate you, blah, 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 because you wanna get your voice heard. And so you're more likely to stay engaged. That's what's causing this huge divide between people is that these platforms, they know what they're doing. They're just trying to sell you advertising, but what they're doing is they're causing a disruption in the fabric of society. Was there concern when you said, that's it, I'm going to deactivate? Like the next day where you're like, oh, I want to check and see what's going on. Was there anything that made you say, I want to Addiction. see? No, well, so yeah, there were things because there are great there are great things about social media. The commute, like uh, through all of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff that I've played, I've built through all the conventions that I've gone to, I've built, a, I've joined a great community of some of the creators and founders of certain D and D things, and uh, you know I do these Zoom calls with other people on D and D stuff, but it, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I, all that information comes from Facebook, so I'm going to miss out on some stuff, right? I'm, I know that I'm going to miss out on some stuff, but I have to just think, was it really that important? Are the things that I'm going to be missing that important? And one of the things that I did realize. So the kind of the track of time from when I first decided I wanted to get rid of my Facebook or just deactivate it, I didn't get rid of it, was the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Mm -hmm. And watching the documentary they did about Cambridge Analytica and kind of how scary it was and all this data they had. So I, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Just never pulled the trigger because I use it to communicate with my family a lot. I use it to communicate with my siblings and 
a lot of my friends from high school and stuff like that. But then it just got it just got so toxic, and I was just spending so much time invested in reading all of this drivel and yeah. the, the separation of you know ideas and all this stuff. I just said, I said I'm done with it. What about Instagram? Obviously, a uh, a property of Facebook and oh. some of the other services like Snapchat or uh, Twitter. D- did you pull from those, or was it really so just? I I also deactivated my Twitter. Instagram I kept. I know that's part of Facebook. I'm debating whether or not I want to get rid of that as well. I did all of this deactivation, and then last week we talked about the documentary The Social Dilemma. Yes, mm. thank you. I, wa- I watched it yesterday. Everything they talked about was exactly the way I was feeling and led up, led up to me deactivating my Facebook. Okay, for those it, listeners who don't know, and I, want, I wanted to talk about this today, uh, Amanda and Justin recommended I check that out. I think you may have said it as well, Sean, um, this thing called The Social Dilemma, documentary that's on Netflix. Uh, and you know, we hear a lot about, okay, about hate speech and the bullying and the cyberbullying uh, that goes on, on social media. And we hear about the preying upon people on social media, but we don't hear what the innards of social media are doing to the user and for the user and for society as a whole. And that's, I gotta say, that's what the social dilemma pulled me in five minutes in. I was like, Wow. This this is some pretty powerful stuff. I I don't know. It, it it got a little winded towards the lat towards the end of it, but then that last five minutes of it, where they're giving you tips on how to deal with social media, how to deal with your kids in social media. If you're gonna be on social media, what do you do? Phenomenal stuff. It's so well yeah, done. I I thought it was great, and I just went, wow. I did. That's literally how the social media the face you know facebook and those were making me feel and i felt vi- i felt mentally violated that this they were as the documentary says slowly changing my mind about things absolutely and that made me uncomfortable i was there when facebook started mm-hmm. right i was in college when facebook yep. i was one of the first people in my social group to have a facebook it was for college kids then they expanded it to military, college and military, like ROTC type stuff, then to high schools, and mm-hmm. then to everybody. Sean, you're finding out it's not really been a problem, right? You know, like I said before, I've had a so I've had social media for a long time, and I was big into it, especially when it was became a prevalent portion. I was in the news industry when Facebook became a thing for news. I saw the transition from. Nobody uses Facebook for getting their information to, uh, well, now everybody in the news department has to, ha- they made it a mandatory, you have to have a Facebook account to, to, to share face, you know, to share links and to share the news stories. And they made, they gave away gifts for people who had the most followers and all da, 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 da. But so I was there, right? Mm-hmm. I was in it. I was doing it all the time. I got very good at it. I was streaming 360 degree videos on Facebook, live streaming, like, I was one of the first people in our market to do live streams with the drones and like get, in integrating all the it. And I, I was getting this false sense of I'm, I'm doing it. I'm getting all these views and it's great. And then it just became a chore. Okay. Do I post it on Facebook? Do I post it on Reddit? Do I post it on Instagram? Do I post it on Twitter? Do I do all four? Now I'm getting, now I'm downloading apps. So I'll post all four at the same time. Then I have to micromanage each one. And I just was like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. And that's it, that's it. exactly what the show was talking about too, wasn't it? Is that yeah. you get the feeling of a, a disappointment or you know, oh, I didn't, I didn't get enough people that liked it, and And that's what a lot of kids, a lot of teens. Now, Amanda, you you work in education, yeah. you probably see yeah. this with some of the kids. Yeah. So a lot of what you guys are talking about is game based learning kind of things and gamification, and we even talk about it with esports. You know, like it's really hard. Like like Sean's saying is it's really really hard to kind of have that balance between if you have so many different platforms. I mean, I even found myself returning back to Twitter after being gone for almost ten years from Twitter. You know, but I actually have a different experience with it um, as of late. Like. Not necessarily the Facebook. I totally get what you're talking about. Like there is some toxicity there. It is, you know, very AI. There are friends that if I snooze them for 30 days, they're not coming back for a while, if at all, if I even see their content. Um, but 
and Twitter itself, like we have a lot of huge educator based community. That's what I go there for. And so I really think with that, like because I can control, I know I am blocking some people, but I can control who and what very simply um, with a few followers on Twitter that works a lot better for me. But I've thought about deactivating Facebook. I honestly um, I, I had an old Facebook account that I don't really even use anymore. And like, it just kind of like downloaded all my content from there and deactivated. And I'm like, yeah, that's one less thing to do, you know, but I really think that it's an opportunity for us to have discussions with students and with our kids and really open up that conversation on what's appropriate content versus not appropriate content to be posting. So Amanda made a really good point about, downloading your content from Facebook. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who aren't aware, you can go to Facebook and using Google, copy all of your video and photo content into a Google Drive or Google yep. Photos. Mm -hmm. So if, if, you, if you said, hey, I want to get rid of my Facebook, but you're like, man, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got- Years, decades. I've got 15 10, years, photos, 15 yeah. years of content <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. All the way back from when I was a freshman in college. It's like- some of that is memories. It's my, you know, it's my, I post a lot then because that's yeah. what you did in college. You posted it to Facebook. You can, in, it was only for certain users for a long period of time and now it's available to everybody. But through Facebook, you'd have to Google it to figure out kind of how to do it. But you can copy directly all of your photos and videos from Facebook to your Google account. Andy, you mentioned about uh, cleansing your, your Facebook uh -huh. or your social media. I'll tell you, the only way that I cleanse my Facebook, and I'll be honest, I'm not, I mean, it's a joke, but I'll, I'll be honest, is when it comes to people or Facebook alerting me about people's birthdays. I'm like, wait, who are you again? <laughs> is that <laughs> when you yeah. delete them? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. no, I'm like, okay, first off, okay, even if I know the person, I'm like, well, first off, uh, this person hasn't ever engaged with any of my content. Yeah. So why am I still your friend? Okay, bye. You know, and, it's, it's, yeah. it's funny how that that's but, you but look. the birthdays remind me of the people that I want to get rid of. <laughs> you know what I think? <laughs> I like, think it's really sad. You know, you know, what's sad in one of the things about social media is there are people that were on Instagram that I done stuff for. Like a, there was yeah. a director. I was in a movie for him. I spent a weekend and a half. I came up with ideas. I worked for him. I'm not. He doesn't follow me. There was a, one, a couple of people I've took out, and I did their headshots for free. They're using the headshots on the profile, yet they're not following our content. Wow. And it just it makes you go, wow. No, there's one more thing that I well, you were talking about, you know, deleting people for their birthdays and stuff. But <laughs> one of the things that, one of the things that works, I thought. Don't delete me. Don't delete me. My birthday's no, in No, I engage so with fun. you, Amanda. I'm talking about people that I'm like, wait, first off, where did I ever meet you at? I, I don't know. So one, one, one of the things that I really thought about was what happens when I deactivate my Facebook? What happens to Caitlin's relationship status? Ooh. Deactivated? It'll say in a relationship with deactivated. <laughs> so I asked her to check and it just said it, it, it just didn't say anything. It didn't say it just said Caitlin in or about interested in men. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, that's not good. So, <laughs> she she deactivated say, that portion of her profile, but yeah, I was gonna say you should you just say married. Idea, like that's stuff that why should I have to think about that? See, why that's... should I have to think about what other people are gonna think when they view Caitlin's profile and see that she's interested she's, in men? It, what, she's yeah. no longer married. That like, is nothing, that nothing, is that didn't change. That is the yeah. evil AI trying to get you to come back. So right. no, that's exactly what it is. It's like, okay, well, do I just keep my Facebook activated but keep it deleted so people don't get some weird idea that something happened or you know? But, something, if, but, it's, like, but if it's somebody that knows you guys anyway, like they are gonna know you guys are still together, well, so it's not so gonna be relevant to anything. Sean just kind of touched on this, and I'll just mention this. Yeah. Uh, last week, last week I got a birthday alert from somebody that I used to work with. At our, at our at our old station, Sean, uh, we worked at the KSWB together, and uh, I haven't talked to him in years. But I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll go to his page. I wish him a happy birthday." And then I went to his page because I was like, "Oh, let me just see what he's up to." The top post on his page was a post from his son, and it said, "I miss you, Dad," <gasps> and you're not in pain anymore. Oh, and then it said, "R.I.P." 
you know, January uh, or not January, June something 2020. And I was like, oh, my God, he passed away. And yeah. then I looked at all the other people that I was also friends with that also wished him a happy birthday. And I went and messaged those people. I'm like, yo, dude, he died. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you might want to take that down because I took mine yeah. down. I took my birthday wish down because I'm like, I don't want to seem insensitive. But yeah, the dude that he passed away. Me. That happened to me. That happened to me like in April, actually, uh, a Ustream friend back from back in the day. I went to go say happy birthday or happy anniversary or something popped up. And the person started talking to me through Messenger. And I realized in a couple of minutes, it was like, oh, this is his wife. And I'm like, oh. I'm so sorry. Like they, he was very sick and he ended up passing away, oh, but that was the same man. conversation. But honestly, like just to kind of put this out there, I wouldn't have met any of you guys without social media. Cause true. Yeah, true. I started watching tech talk radio back in the day. So yeah. no, I'm, not like, gonna, I'm not going to discredit the yeah. good things that have happened on social media. Oh, absolutely. But There's a lot I'm of just good things. Devil's advocate on the other side. But it's changed. It's changed. <laughs> it a really lot. has changed. It has, Yes, it has. Sean had uh, found a new product just announced earlier this week, and you kind of wanted to tell us a little bit about it because for those that like to do action photography or video, this is pretty cool. DJI kind of took over the action sports market pretty significantly back in 2010, 2011 with the launch of their Phantom drones and then moved on into other things like stabilized handheld cameras and stuff. And a couple of years ago, they announced they did a pocket camera it's smaller than your cell phone it shot 1080p but it was also a three-axis gimbaled camera Ooh. great little great little pocket camera great for the on-the-go adventurer but the price point was like 450 it was really high i don't remember exactly what the price was but it was really high it was out of the reach of most of the people they were trying to target october 20th they announced their new dj pocket 2 and it looks amazing it it's got the three-axis gimbal. It shoots 4K. It shoots. It's just. It looks sweet. So if you're in the market for a really, really good pocket-sized action camera, stabilized camera, the DJI Pocket 2, 349. Now the difference between this and say buying a GoPro and holding it is this is actually stabilized. This is so as you turn, you move your hand left or right, it's going to float in a in like almost a gyroscopic axis, right? Yeah, it's got it's got a three axis gimbal on it, so it's got the three axis. You could move your hands all around and it's keep it stable, but it's got a joystick so you can pan and tilt and do all this stuff. So it's a lit, it's a mini pocket sized Steadicam cinema camera. Um, they're really great. I've had the opportunity to play with one, not the not the newest version. Um, but DJI makes really, really good stabilized handheld cameras. They have the Osmo. Uh, they have the Os you know, the Osmo was really, really popular for a long time uh, because you couldn't sync it to your phone and live stream from it. Um, and then they kind of went away from the Osmo because of the size and the battery life to now this little pocket, the, the DJI pocket. And right, what's the uh, what's the website address for more info? Uh, DJI.com slash pocket. Very cool. Amanda, thank you for everything you do when it comes to education. Anything big on the educational front? Just taking it one day at a time and eating lots of Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, we'll be back uh, next week with more of Tech Talk Radio. Uh, have yourselves a... Oh, look at all the candy Sean yeah, has. We, we have all the wrappers, too. Like all the <laughs> I already went to a whole bag of Rolos. So there you go. All right, we'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio next week. Uh, reach out to us. Subscribe to the show on Spreaker. Uh, drop us a line at Tech Talk Radio on Twitter or on or through our website as well. Uh, we all have email addresses again on uh, Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Amanda. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>